Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The 2019 Draft Preview episode of the Bear Stalk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. You know, guys, it is draft week. Draft night is Thursday. We got Friday and Saturday as well. And if you think there's nothing to bet on on draft night, you are so incorrect. Go to mybookie.ag right now, and you can get in on one of about a billion different prop bets they got going on. Uh, you know, who's the second overall pick uh, going to be? The first DB drafted. The draft position for running back Josh Jacobs, Montez Sweet. Sweat, want to sweat. Uh, Marquise Brown, uh, the, the over under on Dwayne Haskins' draft position. You name it, they have it. And this is only like the first four or five categories that I've stumbled upon. There are tons more uh, on my bookie. You know, between the in-game live betting, the endless props like the ones I just told you about, and fantasy sports wagers, there's something for everybody to get in on. And with the best player perks in the sportsbook business, they've been good to us, and I know that they'll be good to you. And they are hooking you guys up, my listeners, all month long. Visit mybookie.ag. Use the promo code BEARS100 when creating your account to claim your 50% sign-in bonus. Laying down $100, and now you've got $150 uh, to play with. That's mybookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. Promo code BEARS100. MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. And the episode is also brought to you by SeatGeek. Let SeatGeek take the confusion out of your ticket-buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find that best deal, let SeatGeek find it for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot is for great deals. Yellow is for good deals. Red, red dots, not so good. Use promo code ACAA as an Armchair All-Americans at checkout to receive your $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. I would still go with hot dogs over beers, but that's just me. So what are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. Seat Geek, life's an event. We have the tickets. And here we are with the schedule release, the path to Miami, and the road to get there has been laid down. So let's get to it. The path to Miami has been laid down by the NFL with the release of the schedule last week. And here I am to tell you what that road is and the many obstacles our beloved have to face in order to make it to Hard Rock Stadium in February of 2020. What's going on, everybody? Larity back, the schedule release show for the 2019 season of the Bears Talk Underground. Very excited uh, to be back. Hope everybody enjoyed the uh, Scott Wright episode uh, previewing uh, the NFL draft. Look forward to having him back on next week to um, 
to wrap it all up and and, and have him uh, talk to us about the players the Bears did end up with and and uh, talk about uh, Kyler Murray and uh, the one thing I failed to ask Scott Wright and I kind of kicking myself ever since was you know it, it's kind of a consensus that that Kyler Murray is going to go number one. But is he the best player in the draft? I didn't get to ask Scott that. And uh, I will ask him that when we have him back on next week to uh, to wrap up the draft. I think that's an important question that I uh, that I failed to take advantage of. So anyway, we're not talking about the draft today. We are talking about the NFL releasing the schedule uh, last week. And, and of course, the joke being that they um, I think they announced it on Tuesday and by Wednesday um before the the annual kickoff release episode or shows on NFL Network and ESPN I already knew what the schedule was uh I think the worst that I have done on the eve of the schedule release is I think 11 games is is my is my floor so far like I've known before the schedule was released what 11 of the 16 games were going to be not counting uh, the bye week uh, and everything like that. So, I mean, it's for somehow like once they make the announcement and the and we know that we have a schedule, the leaks, it's it's like, uh, you know, like that, like you like trying to plug a hole uh, in a dam with your finger and another hole, you know, another uh, hole just keeps popping up. And, uh, you know, by the time the schedule release is official, uh, we're, we've run out of fingers and there are leaks all over the place. So, I mean, I I got all kind I and mean, I'm not even somebody that's actually actively seeking the information. If I just casually I just casually went on Twitter uh, on, you know, from Tuesday when the announcement was made until, you know, right before I because I, I interviewed Scott on on uh, on Wednesday, the night that the shows was actually taking place. But at that point, there, there was no anticipation of it because I already knew what the schedule was so it's not like oh Scott we need to make this quick I need to get onto ESPN or the NFL Network because they're they're releasing the schedule right now I already knew what it was so <laughs> no big deal but like I said I just casually went on to Twitter and you know every other person that I was following whether it was a Chicago uh, beat writer or some kind of insider Ian Rappaport or or somebody like that was talking about this game or or that game and and because the Bears were 12 and 4 last year and you guys know it's it's one of the um cons if you will of the Bears having an exciting season especially when when you get a get your hands on a guy like Khalil Mack people want to see that guy play and um you know a lot of afternoon games a lot more primetime games so we're going to be short on noon games we'll talk about that here uh in, in just a minute but you know, a lot of the national reporters were making, you know, statements about this game or that game having to do with the Bears, like where it was like when the Bears were playing the Chiefs, when the Bears play the Rams or the Saints or something like that, those big, you know, marquee games. And of course, every one of those games I just told you about is a national TV game in one form or another. So it's um, yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting year. Um We'll talk about the schedule here in just a sec. But we got some uh, some news and notes that I want to get through uh, first. Um, real quick, just off the top of your head, um, knee-jerk reaction, the top draft choice in the history of the Chicago Bears. If your answer was anybody other than Walter Payton, you should go drown yourself in a toilet 
right now. You don't deserve to be breathing oxygen with the rest of us uh, on this planet. Now, granted, Sweetness was the fourth overall selection in the 1975 NFL draft, but, you know, how many times have we seen the number four overall pick end up to be nothing and no one, you know, for, and not only was he something and everything, <laughs> something and someone uh, for the Bears, he, uh, in my opinion, the greatest football player to ever wear uh, a uniform and certainly the greatest player to ever wear a Bear uh, uniform for sure. So I don't even know if who came in second or, or anything, or maybe it was like, a, like an Erlacher or a Singletary or I mean, a guy like uh, Richard Dent, who was an eighth round pick that ended up being a Hall of Fame uh, player but um it just said that sweetness was number one and that was pretty much the end of the conversation uh right there um speaking of running backs uh Tariq cohen making his first public statement this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary wi-fi oh my look at that he is and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. On the Jordan Howard trade, saying that it did hurt him uh, a little bit, um, but he understands that it is a a business, something the team felt they... uh, they had to do moving on from his backfield mate for the first two years uh, of his career and um, you know he also said that he's welcome uh, he welcomes Mike Davis our free agent signing uh, into the backfield with uh, uh, open arms didn't make any um, any comment as to what the Bears may or may not do in the the draft or maybe we uh, we, we pick up somebody in, in free agency after the draft when the dust has uh, settled uh, but Tariq Cohen is focused on 2019 and moving forward uh, without his good friend and backfield mate, uh, Jordan Howard. So, And then there was an interesting couple of articles that I ran into as I buzz right through the news here real quick. Uh, and it was top five best and top five worst picks in, in Ryan Pace's tenure as our general manager. He's now entering his fifth season. And I would think that we, for the most part, we can agree he's had a lot more hits on the draft than misses, and that's why the Bears are in the position uh, that they're in. That's why we don't have a first or a second round pick, and yet I don't think really anybody in, in the Bear Nation is really panicking uh, about that kind of thing. But um, let's go with the five worst because I think they're pretty obvious, or you know, not so much obvious as far as the names, but when you hear the names, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Number five was Jordan Morgan, the fifth round pick in 2017. Quite frankly, the only choice in that draft that still isn't on uh, the team. I don't think he played it. He didn't play it down his rookie year in 2017, failed to make the team last year. So there was a nothing pick right there. Number four, Teo Fabaluge, a sixth round offensive tackle uh, in 2015. Another guy who never really played it, who did not play it down. For the Bears, uh, number three 
DeAndre Hall, fourth-round pick out of Northern Iowa in 2016. Uh, had a very good preseason uh, his rookie year, uh, played here and there, had an interception in a game uh, his rookie season in 2016. But overall, you know, for someone who was looked upon to be versatile, that you know, the Bears also tried to get him in the mix at safety. It just didn't work out, and the Bears ended up trading him to Philly uh, last year, which is why we have a seventh-round choice we got that pick for DeAndre Hall. Number two, Hironis Grasu, third round pick in 2015. And yeah, I gotta agree. It's unfortunate, uh, but Hironis Grasu drafted in third round, started a bunch of games. I think he started more than half the season, uh, his rookie year. Uh, came back in, in 2016. He was supposed to have like the off season uh, of his life, you know, maybe even put on a little bit of weight because he was getting uh, beat up in the trenches, pushed around by, by you know, nose tackles and defensive tackles that were heavier uh, than him, his, his rookie season. And on family weekend in 2016, I think one of the very first plays the Bears ran from scrimmage, he blew out his ACL and missed the entire 2016 season. And then 2017, he failed to make the team uh, out of uh, training camp. So just two years in, uh, he's already off of the team. And then, of course, number one, I don't think anyone would dispute that it's Kevin White. And while I I wouldn't necessarily call it the worst pick uh, by Ryan, I still, you know, I still kind of have this this um, this urge to I don't know if you want to call it protect or, or defend uh, Kevin White, because I, you know, I. After 2018, my argument doesn't carry much weight because he had a whole season, he was healthy, and there were times when, you know, maybe Allen Robinson missed a game or Anthony Miller missed a game, and, and Kevin White, uh, you know, was active and didn't fill in. You know, he wasn't asked to be out on the field uh, and do his thing. So, I, you know, my, 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 my argument lost weight, but, you know, throughout the first three seasons going into 2018, I was like, the most frustrating part about Kevin White is that we still have no idea what kind of football player he is. We know he can't stay healthy to save his life, but as far as like, you know, what are we actually missing? Are we missing a terrible football player? Or are we missing the, 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 the kid that we drafted, that dynamo that had over 100 catches and however many touchdowns and, and you know, over 1,000 yards at West Virginia that made him a top 10 pick that the Bears couldn't pass up uh, in 2015? Hopefully he'll be able to live up to some of his potential in, in Arizona and under the wing, under the tutelage of a, of a guy like Larry Fitzgerald out there. He'll be able to uh, to show flashes of, of who he was and, and what made him a top 10 pick in 2015. But as far as the Bears is concerned, the Bears chapter in his career, it was a huge dud and therefore the worst pick that Ryan Pace ever made. The top five picks, I don't think I'll surprise anybody when I say Number five, Roquan Smith, our first rounder last year in 2018. Cody Whitehair, our second round pick in 2016, comes in at number four. Eddie Goldman, our second round nose tackle, and seemingly like the only decent pick we made in 2015, uh, is at number three. And then number two and number one were both fourth round choices in 2017. Tariq Cohen coming in at number two. Eddie Jackson being number one. Number one because I think Eddie Jackson is the best player that... Um, uh, Ryan Pace has drafted and uh, you know Eddie Jackson I believe was the no he, he actually was picked a few picks before uh, Tariq Cohen but talk about tremendous value at four at four in his second year he is a first hall of you know first ballot 
all-pro uh, player in his second season, building on a fantastic rookie year. Something that we as Bear fans haven't seen in a long in a, in a long time. We we ever since the the Mike Brown saga began, as far as when his injury started cutting his career to pieces, uh, we've we've seen a lot of one-year wonders uh, come in. And and frankly, Adrian Amos was one of them. He had a really solid rookie season. And then his second year, he kind of fell off the map to the point we felt we needed to go out and sign guys like Quentin Demps and, uh, and things like that. And it was when Quentin Demps got hurt, Adrian Amos got his shot. He, t- he got his job back and didn't give it up. And now he's, he's banked in. He's going to be a Green Bay Packer making almost $10 million a season uh, now. But, I mean, we've had guys like Adrian Amos. I mean, guys that, that Jerry Angelo drafted that never saw the field that we were giving up high picks on. We had, uh, you know abominations like Chris Conti on the field and doing things and not doing things uh, over and over again. That son of a bitch. And, um, you know, you guys know how I feel about Chris Conti. Um, and if you don't, dig into the archives. There's plenty to be said. But uh, it, um, you know, we, we've had so many issues at the safety position and we got a guy like Eddie Jackson who was not uh, a one-year wonder who did improve exponentially from year one uh, to year two. And I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of uh, tricks he has up his sleeve in year number three in this um, similar but also new defensive system under Chuck Pagano now that uh, Vic Fangio has moved on to coach the Broncos. So, And I'm also very interested to see when we pay Eddie Jackson because I cannot see Ryan Pace letting him get away. Do we try to do we try to maybe talk to him? It's, I think it's it's going to be after this season. I don't know how soon. Like, do we do it before free agency begins so we know what kind of cap space we're dealing with? Do we do we kind of do like Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks and, and sign him to a, to a last-second deal just before the season begins next year in 2020? I'm interested to see when we pay Eddie Jackson because that's not a guy that Ryan Pace would uh, – is going to let him is going to let get away. And if he does, then uh, yeah, hellfire and brimstone for me. And I'm sure many, many other bear fans. If uh, we let economics be the reason that Eddie Jackson isn't a bear uh, until we put him into the ground. So um, anyway, those are the top five best and worst picks made by Ryan Pace. As we head into this draft week, Uh, that seemed to be the theme of uh, the information I was able to get my hands on uh, this week. And now for the reason that we're all here, the 2019 NFL schedule uh, for our beloved Chicago Bears. It's the NFC East, the AFC West and first place teams this year. So let's go ahead and dig into it. What kind of because, uh, you know, guys, I have a, a, a gift for observation and seeing patterns and things. What was I able to see when I looked at the schedule and um, what uh, the Bears have ahead of them in 2019? Before we dig into the regular season schedule, the dates and, and times and whatnot have been finalized for the preseason. Uh, the Carolina game at home will be on Thursday, August 8th. The following week at the Giants will be Friday, August the 16th. The dress rehearsal game, the third game of the, of the preseason at Indianapolis on Saturday, the 24th. And then we finish the uh, preseason 
versus Tennessee on Thursday, August the 29th. So we, so we play four games in 21 days in the, uh, in the preseason uh, to get ready for this charge uh, into uh, 2019. So again, in, in talking about the preseason, and I mentioned it last, uh, last week on the draft preview, was that um, I'm interested to see if, if Nagy kind of sticks to his guns the way that he did this past uh, preseason with the amount of time that the starters saw the field. Um, I don't really see a reason for him not to, considering how it worked out. I mean, maybe Mitch looked a bit rusty early on in the season once we got outside of scripted plays, but he was very comfortable with where Mitch was as far as uh, the reps in practice and so on and so forth, the live reps that he took in the preseason games. Uh, and everything he was and we all thought he was nuts but the season ended up being what it was so I guess he wasn't too wrong about it and he's that he's got that leverage to lean on as far as taking that path uh, once again I know as a fan I would like him to go in the opposite direction so that I can see as many of my favorite players play uh, as much as is possible in the preseason before we actually get to the regular season. I mean, it can be a long and arduous month, as it was for us as fans last year, to barely see the starters play. And, uh, you know, it just made for a very uninteresting uh, preseason, aside from that dress rehearsal game against the Chiefs where Chase Daniels and Javon Wims kicked the crap out of the Chiefs uh, in that dress rehearsal game. But other than that, it was, you know much to do about nothing as far as you know watching the games and, and all that kind of stuff the guys that were making plays didn't play during the regular season so I mean maybe it was beneficial to the coaches and the players themselves but as a fan it wasn't very entertaining because you didn't know who the hell these guys were most of the time so uh, as a fan I hope Nagy goes in the opposite direction gets the starters a few more reps than he did uh, last season so that the preseason games would be a bit more uh, interesting because even though it's the Bears that are playing, you have little to no emotional interest in those games um, because you know they don't count. Win or lose, it does not matter. It doesn't matter whether the Bears are winning by 50 or losing by 100. The outcome of the game doesn't matter. Therefore, I'm not emotionally wrapped up in it. I just want to see the guys that I like playing a lot more than they did last year. Maybe not a lot, a little bit more. Get him a few more reps. Don't get him hurt. Get him to the season healthy and so on and so forth. But we know we're not going to see a starter play a down against Tennessee because we play week one to kick off the 2019 season on Thursday night football. We are the kickoff game this year at home against the Packers, kicking off our 100th season and the NFL's 100th season with the NFL's oldest rivalry, and, um, you know, I hope it is a good game. I really do. Uh, as a football fan, I hope it's a good game. As a Bear fan, I hope we murder the Green Bay Packers week one at home in Soldier Field. I want Khalil Mack to sack uh, Aaron Rodgers with his booty eight times in that game. I just want him to moonwalk his ass into Aaron Rodgers' face eight times and just take him to the ground. You know, I, I, uh, I saw a, a viral video the other day of um of uh, puppies being introduced to babies for the first time and this uh the, the, this dad kind of showed the the baby to this little tiny puppy one of the little tiny ankle biter dogs and the dog immediately rolled over and showed his belly as a, you know as a submission to to show that you know he was kind of welcoming the kid into the family 
uh, and everything. And that's what I want to see Aaron Rodgers do when he sees Khalil Mack coming. I just want him to roll over on his back and just show his belly, his his vulnerable, you know, torso. Just show it to him, and, and so he so Khalil can just come in and tap him as he's on the ground and collect another sack for his statistics. So that's what I want to see happen about a dozen times in that first game. But it's on Thursday night. It's NBC Thursday night football. That's as big as it gets for kickoff, especially if you're a Bears fan. Uh, it's uh, And I'm looking forward to it because there's blood in the water. you got to know that even though the Bears did technically avenge that loss against Green Bay week 15 of last season when we beat the Packers to A, knock them out of the playoffs, and B, win the NFC North, you know that week one national TV, that's, that's the actual revenge game there everyone wants to talk about how it's going to be a revenge game for Khalil Mack a few weeks later when we play Oakland in the UK I don't I don't think the revenge is going to come from Khalil Mack I think it would if anything is going to come from the Raiders for wanting revenge on on (laughs) on their season going down the tubes because they were stupid and got rid of uh, Khalil Mack but we'll talk about that game here in a second so that's week one Thursday night football kickoff game NBC home versus the Packers to kick off 100 years of Bears football, 100 years of NFL football. Week two, a familiar face at Denver, Vic Fangio, Sunday the 15th on Fox in the late game. So that very much might be America's game of the week. So that's another potential national TV game, or at least a game, those late games, there's only maybe three or four late games going on on any given week. In a game like Chicago versus Denver, two very popular teams could be on in about 80% of the country. So it might as well be uh, the national game of the week. I have no doubt that it will be that early on in the season. Uh, Fast forward to week number three, potentially our third national TV game in three TV appearances at Washington on Monday Night Football is our one, one and only Monday Night appearance uh, this year, much like last season, we got that Monday night appearance out of the way early uh, against the Seahawks week two. This year, we do it on the road at the Redskins week number three. Interesting to see what the quarterback situation is going to be uh, for Washington. Are the Redskins going to draft somebody? Are they going to stick with Case Keenum? Will Will it kind of be a um, well, I mean, because week three last year, we played the Arizona Cardinals who had drafted Sam uh, Josh Rosen, excuse me, and had Sam Bradford as their starting quarterback. And at the end of that football game, after the Bears had beaten uh, <laughs> had beaten Bradford into submission and turning over the ball four straight possessions there in the fourth quarter, Josh Rosen came out and was seemingly being looked at as possibly the savior for this football game in a very tight sixteen to fourteen contest. Maybe is that something that we could see? If, uh, you know, if the Redskins uh, have a Dwayne Haskins or a Drew Locke or something like that fall into their lap there in the middle of the first round, will they pull the trigger on it with the future of Alex Smith up in the air? And and will he be able to recover from that devastating leg injury to ever play again? You know, um, they traded for Case Keenum and, and, uh, you know, he's going to be their starter going in is he just a placeholder for whoever the Redskins possibly draft and and will that be any kind of factor in this game when they play the Bears week number three moving on to week number four we're at home again 
This time, the Minnesota Vikings, a uh, Sunday afternoon affair, another 3 o'clock start on CBS. So interesting NFC versus NFC matchup, having the Bears on on CBS, and that's just CBS trying to get their piece of the uh, Chicago market because, you know, Chicago, unlike uh, New York and L.A., doesn't have two teams. We just have the one, so they don't have uh, the benefit of having the Chicago AFC team uh, on their schedule, you know, 16 weeks a year or whatever it is. Um, they have to, uh, you know, they have to poach a game here and there uh, on CBS, even if it is a NFC versus NFC game. Uh, they're going to have the uh, the Bears and the Vikings in that late afternoon game. I very highly anticipate the fact that Jim Nance and Tony Romo will probably be calling that one on CBS. And then week five, the much ballyhooed game, uh, quote-unquote, at Oakland uh, in the U.K. The, the Raiders will be the home team at uh, Tottenham. Tottenham. I don't know how it's pronounced, but um, I, I've from you know from the uh, the Chicago Bear UK groups that I belong to on Facebook, uh, the word is that the um, that Tottenham Stadium, even I believe it's the newer of the two facilities, but I also believe it is the smaller uh, of the two, which is um, probably not the best idea as far as the NFL is concerned, because uh, I personally know that uh, the contingent of Bear fans overseas is enormous so uh why they would go with a smaller venue i'm not really sure maybe they just did it because it's the premium new one or something i don't know but uh nonetheless uh, i know that a bunch of my uk followers my uk listeners were hoping that it would be at wembley it is going to be at tottenham or tottenheim or however the hell you pronounce that somebody help me out with that so i can pronounce it right and you know when we're playing that game in a few months but uh, nonetheless, you know, everyone's uh, been to- toting this as some kind of uh, revenge game. I honestly, I don't see it that way. You know, I don't know what the Bears or Khalil Mack could be uh, avenging, uh, uh, if anything. In that one, I think it would be the Raiders that would probably be looking for more revenge and just how embarrassing or how stupid they were made to look after the Khalil Mack trade. I mean, Khalil finished with um, either like a half sack less by himself than the Raiders compiled as a team last year. I think the Raiders had 13 sacks as a team. Khalil had 12 and a half by himself uh, last year. So, uh, you know, and then, of course, John Gruden um, foolishly keeps going out into the media and and talking about Khalil Mack and and, and (laughs) early on in the season talking about how it's difficult to find a pass rusher when he had one of the best under his arms and, and didn't want to pay the guy. He shipped him off for a for a bounty of uh, draft picks and it's you know as big a gamble as it was for the bears i I still think it's an even bigger one for oakland just because they're the what's the guarantee that that pick is going to even be as remotely good uh as khalil mack whether he's an offensive or a defensive player you give up a once in a lifetime generational talent for the the possibility of, of drafting someone who who might have a decent career? Who might have a decent career? To me, it's 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 a gamble that's simply not worth it. You, you 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 know you 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 bet the house on the guy that you got, and, and and thinking that you'd be able to find someone even like him in the draft, a special once in a lifetime talent. It's 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 stupid. So I mean, if anybody's looking for revenge, it's the Raiders because they know they made the wrong call. 
uh, as opposed to the Bears or Khalil Mack having to uh, avenge or, or seek revenge for anything. Because it's not like Khalil's Mack, Khalil Mack's reputation took a hit uh, or anything like that when he decided to hold out for what he was worth. The Bears, uh, you know, paid what he was worth twice in, in money and draft picks to, to secure him and his future in a bear uniform. So I've always kind of scoffed at the idea that this was a revenge game for Khalil Mack or the bears or anything like that. <laughs> it's like, if anything, it's gotta be a revenge game for Oakland because they still have egg on their face for making this deal. So week six is a buy for us. So as opposed to four games and a buy last year, this year it's five, five games and a buy. So still a relatively early buy for us. Seemed to work out pretty okay for us last year. Hopefully that, uh, Hopefully Nagy will be better at uh, buys than he was last year because we had uh, we had our bye week after week four that huge game uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then came out two weeks later and laid a dud against the Dolphins a game that every Bear fan still wants back uh, right now and uh, then after our our mini buy after the Thanksgiving games or was it prior no it was. Uh, yeah, it was after the um, after the Thanksgiving game, we played the Giants and lay another egg uh, against the Giants. We were able to battle back and send it to overtime, but in the end, uh, it didn't matter. Too many mistakes, and I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, hopefully Nagy will be better at uh, at bye weeks uh, this year, so we can be a little bit more competitive. Because our game coming out of the bye this year is. Uh, not a game that the Bears will be expected to win despite the fact that we're playing at home against the New Orleans Saints. It'll be another 3 o'clock game uh, on Fox. Oh, by the way, the Oakland game in the U.K. is the first noon kickoff. And I'm, I'm here in the, in the Midwest, so kickoff is noon for me. It's like 1 o'clock the, on the East Coast. It's noon here in the Midwest. So that's the first noon kickoff is week 5 against Oakland uh, in the U.K., Fast forward to week seven after the bye, another three o'clock game uh, against the Saints on Fox, the late game, which I, I no doubt will be that, uh, you know, game of the week uh, for Fox. So we'll probably be getting a heavy dose of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on that one. And then another playoff game or playoff team, I should say, a week later, also at home with the L.A. Chargers uh, on also on Fox. This one is a noon start, so only our sixth game of the season and yet only our second noon start um looking forward to that one it's our first second game third wow third game against the afc west because we've already played denver and oakland at this point uh week nine this is our revenge game this is our revenge game unfortunately it's taking place on the road at uh at the link in philadelphia but we get week nine at philly uh, on Sunday, November 3rd, this one also on Fox, another noon start. This is our revenge game. That's definitely a game that all Bear fans want back. Uh, week number 10 is our first game against the Lions. Second year in a row, the Bears and the Lions don't face each other until week 10. Sunday, November 10th, another NFC versus NFC CBS game. So both um, two of the Bears... Um, NFC North battles taking place on CBS. So almost kind of like old school, like when all the NFC was on CBS and now Detroit and Minnesota will both be home games on CBS uh, for the bears. Another noon start. 
Then we're getting into the the real thick uh, of the of the schedule for the Bears. Week eleven on the road, NBC Sunday Night Football at the Rams. So here we go, and uh, you know another NFC, another uh, Sunday Night Football matchup uh, with the Rams on national TV. The last one did not go well at all uh, for them. In fact, uh, you know anyone who's uh, got any kind of knowledge of the game would know that that was pretty much the game that laid the blueprint on how to beat the Rams. Um, you know, and it's what the Patriots used to shut the Rams down in Super Bowl 53. That's how uh, Belichick and company were able to hold that offense to a whopping three points in the Super Bowl. And, um, you know, I think that, that, that Sean McVay was, was miked for that game. And I saw a clip of him, early like I think maybe even in the first drive of the game saying that's the Bears defense isn't it yeah that was the Bears right there that's what Belichick was running against the Rams to shut them down so that's a revenge game probably for the Rams and they have the benefit of playing this one at home in Los Angeles in the uh the warmth of the west coast and um even though it doesn't get bitterly cold around mid-november in the midwest it's going to be a hell of a lot warmer in la than it would be in chicago that time of year plus their home field advantage i anticipate the coliseum being sold out uh for this one because uh there are plenty of uh, bear fans including our good friend uh tim sanchez uh, who i uh who i don't doubt would would might be in attendance uh for that one so that's sunday night football 720 start for that one on NBC against the Rams week 11. Week 12, here's a revenge game for the Bears at home against the Giants on Fox the uh November the 24th, a noon start for that one. And here we go again with the 3 games in 11 days uh routine uh for the Bears. So hopefully the Giants will be awful so there won't be any temptation by the NFL to flex this game thus giving the Bears a new world record time of, of uh, you know, uh, to, to, uh, to time to get prepared for our Thanksgiving game against the Lions four days later. And, um, you know, hopefully that game stays at noon so we have the extra time to get ready uh, for, the, uh, for the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. So week 12 at home against the Giants on the 24th, week 13 on the road at Detroit, Thursday the 28th, a.k.a. Thanksgiving, also another 11.30 start. The only difference here is that it's on Fox instead of CBS. So Joe Buck and Troy Aikman doing the early game on Thanksgiving with the Bears. Then um, something the Bears did back in 2014, actually playing the exact same two teams in the same two locales, uh, playing a Thursday game again the following Thursday, on Thursday Night Football at home versus the Cowboys, also on Fox and or the NFL Network. I think they're streaming on Amazon still. I think that deal is still in place if you're a streamer. But 720 on Thursday Night Bears, Cowboys, Thursday Night Football. Interesting to see who the Cowboys are going to be uh, this year. They were kind of a fringe playoff team uh, last season. We'll see how they manage uh, this year. Then week 15, second year in a row, taking on the Packers. This time it will be in Lambeau, Sunday, December 15th. So here's our other mini buy. We're going to have 10 days from playing the Cowboys at home to get ready for the Packers in Lambeau on the 15th. 
will Nagy and the Bears be able to respond appropriately as opposed to how they answered their bye weeks a year ago? Hopefully that will be better. A noon start, Bears at Packers week number 15. And then week 16, it's as close to a main event of the season as you're going to get. A possible Super Bowl preview, knock on wood. Week 16 at home, Kansas City Chiefs, Sunday night football on NBC, 720 start there. It's Mahomes and Trubisky, um, you know, the top two quarterbacks selected in the uh, 2017 draft. Uh, Mahomes coming off an MVP season last year, uh, you know, went took the Patriots to overtime. And if not for his defense, he could have been uh, playing for a Super Bowl uh, last season. The Chiefs didn't bring a defense to the AFC Championship game. That was the whole problem. But um, they're coming to Soldier Field late December, December 22nd. Uh, weather probably not going to be a factor because Kansas City is also a cold weather team, especially that time of year. They're both Midwestern teams, and Midwestern winters can be brutal. And then for the fourth year in a row, the fifth time in six years, the Bears finish out the year week 17 at Minnesota, a noon start on Fox before getting ready for what may be in the playoffs. So there is the 2019 schedule for you guys. Now, what did I see when looking at the schedule? It's sitting back and, and taking another look at it, uh, as opposed to last year where Green Bay was our one and only division game for the first 10 weeks of the season. Uh, we have two division games, two in the first four weeks. We play uh, Green Bay week one. We play Minnesota week four. So, you know, but then we don't play another division game until week 10 when it's the Lions. We play the Lions week 10, week 13. Last year was week 10, week 12 for Detroit. We played them back to back essentially uh, last year. But, um, you know, it was only it was one division game in the first eight weeks last year and five in the second half. This year, it's two division games in the first half of the schedule, four in the last uh, in the last eight weeks uh, of the uh, year. Uh, we're playing Green Bay in the exact same spots as we did last year, only the locations have changed. Last year was week one and week 15, week one in Green Bay, week 15 in Chicago. This year, it's the other way around, week one in Chicago, week 15 in Green Bay will also be our first look at Adrian Amos in a Green Bay uniform, and I almost threw up in my mouth just saying that out loud. Uh, playing the Lions on Thanksgiving week or Thanksgiving Day, second year in a row. Well, hopefully that will uh, continue to go well for us. Uh, as I said just a moment ago, fourth year in a row, ending the season in Minnesota. I do not understand what the NFL's obsession is with the Bears having with having them finish the season in Minnesota. I would very much... I would like to flip, you know, let's go week four. Let's go to Minnesota and bring it home to Chicago week 17. How about we do that? That would be fantastic. Uh, week number two, that is our, our, our visit, our first road game of the season at Denver versus Vic Fangio and Bryce Callahan, uh, who did sign uh, with the Broncos. You know, as we mentioned before, uh, in the UK versus Oakland, a week number five, that's our first UK trip since 2011 when we uh we put a whooping on the uh tampa bay buccaneers uh in the uk back then one of my favorite matt forte runs uh, of his career uh, a, it was a great touchdown run my favorite moment of it was he he put a move 
like he was coming up on a DB. He put a move on the DB and kind of, you know, kind of juked to the inside. And when that DB went to make his move, he ran face first into a defensive lineman that was trailing Matt Forte. So those two defensive, the two Buccaneers smashed face to face into each other as Matt Forte split right in between them on his way to the end zone. It was a pretty badass run. Still one of my favorites. Um, Let's see. We get our rematch. That's our true revenge game week nine uh, against Philadelphia. The only unfortunate thing is that it's taking place in Philadelphia, so we don't get to carry out our revenge in front of the home crowd uh, to avenge that embarrassing should not have been a loss uh, to the Eagles. But um, beating them will be enough, and, of course, that will be our first look at Jordan Howard uh, in the flesh. Hopefully you'll have uh, you know, a shoulder injury or a hamstring or something that will keep him from playing against us. Nothing that will keep him out for more than just the week that he's playing uh, against the Bears. You know, maybe they hold him out for a concussion protocol or something. I don't know. DUI arrest, I don't care. Something just to keep him out of that game. <laughs> just because in the past that has never worked out well for us. Remember that first game we played against Cedric Benson back in 2009? Our first game against Benson, he was playing with the Bengals. He runs for like a buck eighty and three touchdowns uh, against the Bears. Now, granted, that was a game in 2009. We weren't very good. We were playing without Erlacher, but he stayed ran for nearly 200 yards and three touchdowns on us um, for, a, for a back that just – Cedric Benson was never that good of a football player, and he made us look ridiculous that day. That, was, that really sucked. I don't want to see that happen uh, against Jordan Howard. As much as I love Jordan Howard and I wish him the best in Philly – I hope he's I hope he's unavailable that day. I just really do. Um, we have three Thursday night games on the schedule, but only one of them is an actual official Thursday night game. We have the kickoff game on Thursday night. That is not technically a Thursday night game on NBC with the uh, with Al Michaels and, and Collinsworth. Not really looking forward to that, but what are you going to do? Especially with Aaron Rodgers and the whole like you guys know the story about how I felt about Collinsworth and Michaels feeding into the mythology that was, you know, oh he can't even put weight on the leg and he's still out there slinging it around or anything. It just got so ridiculous. It was comical by the end of the night, is what it was. But um, you know, hopefully the Bears defense will shut all that down, so there won't be. There'll just be praise and and, and commentary for Khalil Mack and the Bear defense as opposed to Aaron Rodgers doing anything remotely fantastic uh, week one. The other Thursday game would be the Thanksgiving game uh, against the uh, the Lions. That's an 11.30 kickoff uh, here in the Midwest, so another early start. And the only official Thursday night game the Bears play is the following week on Thursday night against the Cowboys at Soldier Field. We have... No noon games until week five, and we only have seven scheduled uh, for the season. Uh, There are a few potentials for flexing. I could see the Chargers or the Eagles game week eight, week nine. Those could be flexed into the uh, Sunday night spot. Um, You know, at Green Bay week 15, that's a great candidate for uh, Sunday night football. And also, don't sleep on the Vikings um, or don't sleep on them too much you know it's a divisional game you never know where the vikings might be they were they were in the division until we beat them on sunday night football they never really recovered uh from that which was you know uh cemented by the fact that we ran them out of their own stadium 
week 17 uh, last season. But, um, you know, we only have seven noon games, and I think the potential for three of them to become Sunday night football games or or move to the 3 o'clock slot to get a national TV audience kind of thing is, is there. We're going to have a lot more 3 o'clock starts. We, have, we only have three 3 o'clock starts, but we also have five national TV uh, appearances. Um, and I said nine if you count late games and Thanksgiving. So the Bears, more than half their schedule will be played in a much larger, not not really regional uh, audience uh, this year. The Bears and their opponents that they're playing, the Broncos, the Saints, and the uh, and the Vikings will will probably get him get the the heavier or the more um, widely distributed afternoon game in in all three of those. Uh, instances as opposed to who the who else they'd be up against that week so you know the Bears have a potential for as many as nine games and that's not counting the noon games that could be flexed into something the ones that I just detailed uh, a moment ago Uh, and as I said before back-to-back Thursday games the last time we did that was in 2014 and last year we're also at Detroit for Thanksgiving home for the Cowboys the week after Hopefully those games don't happen again because we lost them both. That was in the 2014 inmates are running the asylum season, the last of Mark Tressman's miserable run as head coach uh, of the Chicago Bears. So there you have it, guys. That is the 2019 schedule as I see it. Um, you know, it's on paper, it's it's probably scarier than it will actually Uh, end up being it happens every year you know the Bears were supposed to have one of the toughest schedules in football last year and look how we ran through it I I think the thing that that most people aren't taking into account is the thing that um, we as Bear fans didn't really expect last year like we expected the Bears to be a better football team a because of the fact that we actually spent money and signed some offensive talent as opposed to just hoping for the best in in 2017 the way we did under uh, Fox and uh, and dumbass Loggins and um, you know so we had a more talented team on paper automatically year two or for our quarterback and um, you know we had this guy that was known as as an offensive guru of types and works well with quarterbacks and young quarterbacks and and things like that spent his last season in in, in Kansas City grooming. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and and helping getting him ready to take over the mantle uh, at quarterback there in Kansas City learned under a great mentor in in Andy Reid who despite his lack of championship rings is not lacking in success he's been a huge success in in Kansas City as he was in Philadelphia before his time uh, ran out out there uh, with the Eagles and Nagy was with him for all of it you know he was with Andy Reid for the majority of his time in um in uh, philadelphia or the last i think four or five years or so and then his entire run until last season uh with the chiefs Nagy was uh was and working his way up uh the chain in the uh in the coaching staff uh as well so there's that teacher versus mentor or uh you know teacher versus student matchup week 16 on sunday night football that i forgot to mention you know reed versus Nagy week 16 that's going to be a huge game Maybe not so much as far as, um, you know, because it's an NFC versus AFC uh, matchup. It's not going to have much of an impact on, you know, conference or, or anything like that. But that late in the season, 
for both of those teams that are they're both Super Bowl contenders right now. Uh, that could be huge as far as seeding and, you know, could the Bears clinch the title or the division or could, you know, be playing for a number one seed and all that kind of stuff. That is a huge game if everything goes the way uh, people expect. That's going to be a monster game for both teams late in the year. Uh, you know, it's going to be big, 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 big uh, game uh, for them. So, but the thing that I don't think even we as Bear fans accounted for last year or could expect was the impact that Nagy himself was going to have on the team. That's that's where the extra wins came from, guys, was, was um, you know, just something that Tressman didn't have, something that Fox didn't have, which was the, the ability to get the players to respond in such a way that they would run through a steel wall if you asked them to. And that's exactly what those guys did for Nagy last year. They, you know, Nagy was a big selling point in getting guys like Haha Clinton Dix and Cordero Patterson to take pay cuts to come to uh, Chicago. You know, that's why Buster Scrine, uh, you know, was, was looking forward to being a bear. And Chicago has become a destination in the NFL now. How about that? Instead of being a place where you, you maybe you go in to get a quick payday or if you're a particular kind of player like Moosin Muhammad back in the day said, Chicago is where wide receivers go to die. <laughs> well, uh, it was true at the time, but it's, you know, now it's, it's where you go. You know, that's why Allen Robinson signed with us last year when he could have gone to Green Bay to play with Aaron Rodgers. He instead decided to come play for Nagy and take his chances with Matt, or excuse me, with Mitch uh, Trubisky. So, you know, that worked out for him. It worked out for us. And we're expecting big things uh, from Allen Robinson this year, who's now got another year under his belt away from that ACL uh, injury. You know, what will it all be for year two for Trey Burton? What will it be year two for all these guys together? Because that was another reason why I've been leaning so heavily on 2019 being a big year. Uh, for the Bears is because, you know, OTA started last week or excuse me, voluntary workouts started last week. I didn't hear anything about no about someone not reporting last year. So I assume that means we had 100 percent attendance, 100 percent participation. And these guys want to be there. You know, nobody's there. I really don't think anybody would be there just to get a workout bonus that's in their contract or anything like that that would kind of be like icing on the cake it's like they're coming because they're right there they want to get ready for 2019 they're expecting things to happen in 2019 and if i happen to make an extra 50 grand this year because i showed up to the workouts that'll pay for our vacation this year or that renovation that the wife wants to do on the kitchen or something like that you know it it won't be the incentive for you showing up the incentive is getting better and preparing to make the run that everyone thinks you're going to make in in 2019 so i don't think that we took into account the effect Nagy would have on the players and and how his leadership would propel this team you know the the thing that made the bears so exciting last year is that we were in every single game even the ones that we lost the the green bay game miami uh new england and even in the in the, the the giants game i mean that was the one that actually looked the most uh, dire uh, for us we're down 10 uh, offense can't get anything going and yet somehow we rattle off 10 points to score the game tying touchdown as literally as the clock strikes zero uh, and regulation we go to overtime 
we come up short, but in the like we were in an overtime game that, you know, 90 seconds prior, there's no way this is going to overtime and somehow the Bears fought back and got themselves in the position to give themselves a shot to win the game and we still came up short. We were down 14 in, you know, against New England and we were 1 yard away from Kevin White tying the game up to send it to to overtime or possibly a two-point conversion. Matt Nagy would not confess as to what he would have done had uh, had Kevin White actually scored. But, you know, we fought to the very last second and almost took the Patriots to overtime where I'm pretty sure we could have won that football game. You know, Akeem Hicks making that play uh, on, uh, I think, Kenyon Drake, the running back for the, for the Dolphins. I mean, they're running the football down our throats. Our defense is wore out. And Akeem Hicks makes a play that that forces the fumble that the Bears recover at the one centimeter line that kills the 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 Dolphins from walking just walking away with a overtime victory over the Bears. Now all of a sudden we have the ball. We're going the other way. We have a chance to win this game now. And thanks to double doink, we didn't get there. And then of course week one, you know we were a dropped interception away from winning that game. Week one. And then, of course, we won the other 12 games. <laughs> you know, whether it came down to the wire or, or anything like that, uh, the Bears were exciting to watch. Whether we were blowing out the blowing out the Buccaneers or, you know, dominating the, uh, dominating the Rams, uh, you know, beating up on the Vikings and things like that, it was an exciting team to watch all 16 games last year. I don't think, you know, aside from the... I th- you know, I think that if you had to put a, a tag as far as what the, was the most boring game last year, I'd probably put it on that Arizona game. We came out flat. We're down 14 to nothing early on. We, you know, we, we kind of had to dig and scratch and claw our way back to a 16 to 14 lead uh, before, you know, taking over and, and winning that football game. That was the one, you know, we couldn't get anything going on offense. That was the one where I would probably put like that was probably the most boring game of the year but pretty much everything after that the the bears and the six sacks against the seahawks week two um and everything else that we did you know week four we rattled off 48 against the the buccaneers that certainly didn't suck with mitch throwing for six touchdown passes uh you know the miami game was certainly exciting a lot of back and forth there you know being able to punch new england in the mouth early on and mitch running all over the place against them that crazy touchdown that he ran for uh, and so on. You guys know how the year went. We were in every game. We were an exciting team to watch, and hopefully that's the football that we'll be playing uh, in 2019 to go along with the wins and such that get the Bears in a position to have something to say about how the 2019 season is going to un- unfold. So, um, so there it is. And this is kind of a bittersweet thing because the schedule has been released. We've done our analysis and our, our, our you know, looking back and, and, and whatnot. I'm not going to make the mistake of doing wins and losses or anything like that. It's just way too early uh, right now for that. So that is not going to be a part of this show. But with the, um, with the schedule release, that means that the draft is not far behind. And then, of course, after the draft, it's pretty much radio silence until the the preseason begins, until training camp kicks off and, and, uh, and, and the actual season starts to get underway. There aren't any really big milestones between now and the start of training camp. I mean, you have OTAs and, and, and all that kind of stuff, but 
we don't get to see any of that stuff. They don't let cameras in or, you know, media in for that. We, you know, maybe the, the press gets to talk to players after practice and, and, and whatnot, but then none of that stuff is televised or anything. You know, you have your June 1st cuts, and but most of those have been made and designated as June 1st cuts. You already know what's going to happen there and, uh, and everything. And it's, um, you know, there's, there's not much that's going to be happening after this weekend until the preseason begins and some of the games get underway and, uh, and, and what have you. So, but rest assured, that does mean that we are entering that period where I have to busy myself between uh, the end of the draft and the beginning of the preseason. So our, uh, after taking a short break after the draft, our opponent preview episodes will begin and we will start with the, um, with the first place finishers. So our same place opponents for the first time in four years will not be fourth place finishers uh, like the Buccaneers and the Giants this year. It will be the Saints and the Rams. So we're starting with heavy hitters uh, this year. And uh, the first two teams that we're going to be talking to will be uh, the, the, uh, the, the guys that played in the uh, most controversial game of the season. And because of that game, we, we have a, uh, a ruling from the NFL that I am not a fan of with the whole instant replay on, on uh, pass interference and whatnot. Not a fan of that at all. And I'm sure we will hear both sides of the argument in those two weeks uh, when we talk to our Saints and L.A. Rams representatives, respectively. And then we'll start with the AFC West. So the, the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Broncos will move on to the NFC East and uh, did I say AFC West? I did say AFC West. NFC East, and then, of course, as always, we finish with the NFC North and our beloved Chicago Bears. So those 14 shows are coming. They usually start around Memorial Day, so the last week or so in May, and then they drop every few days or so, anywhere from three to five days afterwards. Another episode comes along with another opponent preview talking about you know, the Chiefs this time, then it'll be the Raiders and so on and so forth. So you have those. It's There's a lot of mixed feelings about those episodes. You guys talk to me about it every year. Some of you are like, why are we talking about the? Cause I remember one in particular. Why are we talking about the Steelers for an hour on a bear show? Well, then those previews, those shows aren't for you. And if you don't want to listen, I am definitely okay with that. Uh, I do that myself quite often as far as uh, uh, cherry picking which episodes of my favorite podcast that I listen to. Uh, I use Joe Rogan as an example all the time. Uh, you know, Joe Rogan's a great comedian. He's a commentator for the UFC. He's a very interesting and funny guy. I tend not to, and he, but he's also very big into like health and fitness and, and, and science and, and social uh social commentary and things like that. So he's always got some psychology professor from some random university or some doctor that studies sleep or whatever. I tend not to listen to those episodes, but anytime that he has like a Tom Segura or another comedian or an actor, or maybe even a UFC fighter, those are the shows that I tend to listen to. So those are the ones that I'll tune in for. So if you're not a big fan of uh, listening to me and my guest to talk about the Chiefs for 45 minutes, then tune in next week when we talk about the Raiders or wait a few weeks. And when I have Lauren Cox back on to, to help me preview uh, the Bears at the end, just before the, the training camp uh, gets started, because that's usually how I time it out. 
We got we start around the end of May on Memorial Day weekend, somewhere in that area, and we go through. And I usually drop my last episode about a week or two before training camp actually starts, and then I have a break from there until the first game of the preseason. Then we come back with the preseason review episodes, and then from there we dive right into the season. And it's two shows a week until the season is over. So that's how the rest of 2019 is going to go. We're going to have our opponent preview episodes. We're going to be hitting you hard and heavy uh, with those. You know, if you guys have been been missing the show in this off season, something that I hope to 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 change next year because as much as I enjoy the free time and 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 the the, the carefree uh, of, of not having to do a show uh, twice a week, I miss it. I really do. Because when I come back and do an episode, I can't wait to do another one. But I'm kind of stuck in this pattern where I don't have a reason to come back. And, and, I, and I don't quite have it in me to do what, uh, what like Lauren Cox does on, on Locked on Bears. He's still doing like three or four episodes uh, a week. So if you're, if you're a fan, if you enjoy listening to when, when Lauren's on the show, check out his podcast. Uh, Locked on Bears. It's only about a half hour uh, each time, but he's like picking a specific subject and talking about that for a half hour. Ah, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, maybe next season I'll try to, you know, to at least do one show a week during the during the off season just to stay regular and uh, you know keep you guys uh, coming back. But um, you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see about that i've been talking to some to some friends some other podcasters about ideas on what to do i've got some ideas but uh we'll see if any of them uh come to light uh next off season but um you know once we get into these opponent preview episodes then it's going to be hot and heavy until about the middle of july so about you know six seven weeks straight you're getting about at least two episodes a week about three or four days apart a different team that we're previewing pretty much for an entire hour and, and, and talking about last season, the transactions, the drafts, any major storylines coming along with that team. And we've got a lot of really interesting opponents this year. We get to talk to the Raiders. We get to talk to the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Broncos. Those are all interesting just on the surface. You got Kansas City, Mahomes, Andy Reid, the whole teacher, you know, teacher student thing. You got the Raiders, the Khalil Mack trade, John Gruden, has this guy lost his mind? Or is he just taking advantage of the fact he's got one of the most secure contracts in football right now? The Broncos with Vic Fangio and, and how he's going to do, even though he's a first-time head coach, he's a 60-year-old first-time head coach, a new quarterback in Joe Flacco. Do they pull the trigger and draft a quarterback out there? And then you have the Chargers, year number 600 of the Phillip Rivers era they they have yet to make a super bowl or, or anything uh like that with philip rivers the sand is running out of the hourglass on that one did they make the moves necessary to return to the playoffs and make an honest run at this thing before philip rivers runs out of time that's the afc west i mean all of that is just the afc west and of course we have the nfc east with the giants and you know they're still plugging away with eli do they draft the heir apparent uh to eli in the draft this year they got two first round picks and they traded away uh, uh obj you know odell beckham jr they traded him away to get that second 
first round pick. How is that going to do? They wouldn't. They you know they didn't want to take on OBJ's contract, and they give a bunch of money to Golden Tate of all people uh, to sign with them. How crazy! Philadelphia, that show just writes itself. You know, not only do we have the double doink and and this ridiculous playoff game, but we also gave them Jordan Howard uh, for a conditional draft pick in twenty seven or excuse me in twenty twenty. You know, we we have the Cowboys and and can they remain? Jason Witten coming out of out of retirement, you know, where he did an awful job as the color man on Monday Night Football, and now he's going to go back to playing tight end for the Cowboys again. And then you have the Redskins, and you heard me mention them a moment ago. They've got Case Keenum at quarterback. Do they draft somebody? What's the status with Alex Smith? Is he done done, or is he just going to be out because it's, you know, the the leg injury is too heinous to to come back from in, in, in a, such a short period of time because it happened late in the year. I think it happened in November last year. So, you know, and then, of course, our storylines in the NFC North with the Packers and their new head coach, Minnesota in year number two of Kirk Cousins, where they fell flat on their faces last year. And then Matt Patricia in year number two uh, in Detroit. You know, did they make any, did they make the necessary moves? Will they be able to compete in the NFC North where everyone else in the division seems to kind of be leaving them behind? So, I mean, that's and this is just on the surface, off the top of my head stuff. And, you know, before we get to dig into anything else, who they signed, who they drafted, any other storylines, this is just the basic stuff. And I'm shooting up from the hip here. Imagine what those shows are going to be like when we have the version of me. when We have the Detroit version of me, Jeremy Reisman, the, the diehard Detroit Lions fan filling us in on the other stuff that I missed. So. Looking forward to having those conversations. I really love connecting with those people and uh, getting another chance to talk about talk with people from the AFC West. Looking forward to that as well. So that's what we have to look forward to. But before we get to any of that, we have our draft review show next week. Scott Wright has agreed to come back. We'll just figure out a time uh, next week for us to uh, to sit down and chat and go over. Uh, the Bears and their selections and talk about the draft in general and everything else that will be up next. I'd say around next next Thursday or Friday is when that show will be coming out. So be sure to tune in uh, for that one. Be on the lookout and make sure to uh, follow me on Twitter at BTU underscore Larry BTU Bears Talk Underground underscore Larry. You can also join the Facebook group Bears Talk Underground. Just search that on Facebook and you will find us. So join the group, take part in the conversation. I'm very responsive on social media. If you want to hit me up with questions or, you know, tag me on articles that you think might be interesting, could be something for me to talk about uh, on the show, a subject, that kind of thing. So I do this show for you as much as I do it for myself. So if you guys want to contribute, feel free. I'm always open to listen. So anyway, that is going to do it for the 2019 schedule release show. For the Bears Talk Underground, until next week when we're doing the draft review episode, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.